This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Parshas Vayetze says the following, Vayetze Yaakov mi Shava. Yaakov left Be'er Shava and Vayelech Haron and he went to Haron. Here's the deal. The first question that you, uh, that you come into is, what is Be'er Sheva? What does Be'er Sheva have to do with anything? So the Pashib shot is that that's, that's where Yaakov Avinu was. That's where Yaakov Avinu was beforehand, and uh, Yitzhak Avinu was there beforehand, and that's that. But the Bala term says that Be'er Sheva is the letters of Av, Shem, Aver. Which means that the father, which was Yitzhak Avinu, and Shem and Aver were all there in Be'er Sheva. They're all there in Be'er Shabbos. When Yaakov left, he left from Shane, he left from Aver, and he left from his father. So all three of them were there. And then, after that, when he had left, Yeshiva Shane Be'er, that's when he was chased down by Eliphaz. Everybody knows the Medrash, where Eliphaz chased after him. He wanted to kill him. And he said, don't worry, a poor man is considered dead. And Eliphaz said, oh, shot, <laughs> and understood it, and went ahead and took away his money and didn't kill him. Just, I remember Rabbi Cohn speaking about this two years ago. Can you imagine what the conversation was like when Eliphaz came back to Esau. He said, so, did you kill him? Well, sort of. <laughs> what do you mean, sort of? Well, you know, there's a, there's a chazal. <laughs> there's a chazal. Taking away his money is, you, you killed the guy. So that's what I did. I, that worked out really well. Imagine Yaakov said, he's like, why are you taking my money? I was talking about you. <laughs> no, that just clearly is not funny. Okay, so either way, the Megillah, the Gemara Megillah and Dabyud Zayin and Alf is a marshal over there that says that Yeshiva Shenev is in Be'er Sheva. That goes against the tour guide that I had in Sfas who tells me that Yeshiva Shenev is in a little cave right outside of the Shuk in Sfas. I did go inside. They showed me where the mikvah was and they say that Shem and Aver are buried there in Sfas inside that cave and there's a shul right there called Yeshiva Shem Be'er. And it's supposed to be based on the Shem Aver, but that goes against the tour guide. But uh, according to the Skumar Megillah, the Yudzani Medalf and the Marsha, it goes the other way. The Malviskin points out that Esau never found him. This is the yeshiva that Yitzchak Avinu was in. And he never found him over the 14 years that he was hiding. That means that Esau didn't go into the base Medrash once to go look for him. Because if he had he been in there once, he would have seen that Yaakov Avinu never left. He never left Beresheva. He was there the entire time. As the Maral Diskin points out, Rukhain Knievsky argues that there's a difference between Vayetze and the word Vayelach. When he left, he was thinking to go to Beresheva because he had money. He could get married immediately and he wouldn't have to worry about, oh, what am I going to do? I'm not going to be able to learn at all. He was going to be able to learn because he left Beresheva he had money on him. He was ready to go get married and learn in Kolo for a little bit. But then Eliphaz took away his money. So at that point, he said, uh-oh, i got to go to Yeshiva's Shem Be'ever. He had to go learn because after marriage, he would have to go ahead and work. And we see that he worked for the next 20 years. He wasn't able to learn during that time. So we see that his whole status had changed. So he went back to Be'er Sheva. So the first time was Vayetze, me Be'er Sheva. He left, and he's planning on going to Haram, but he never went. The second time, after he went back from, Be'er, from, from Yeshiva Shem Be'er, that's when Vayelech Harani, he actually got to Haram. But it's definitely not so clear. There's a Medrash Rabbah, and everybody knows a Medrash Rabbah, that when Yaakov Vinu left Be'er Sheva, all the Splendor and the Kavod left Be'er Sheva. Everybody knows that Medrash. So the, the Medrash asks, what about Yitzchak and Rivka that were there? What's that, Mashma? But Shem and Aver were not there. Shem and Aver were not there. Because if they were there, then it would have been, what about Yitzchak and Rivka and Shem and Aver? 
there were all these tzaddikim there, what about those tzaddikim? It didn't say that, so it must be that the only people... Okay, so that's that. But that's basically... If you want to go and push up shot, if you want to have a board for Shabbos, why did Yitzchak, why did Yaakov leave Beersheba? What did that mean? Shame, Aver, Av. Those are the letters of me, Beersheba. You have a little board for Shabbos and everything's all happy. But this is not for Shabbos. This is not for Shabbos. How old? Shame, Aver, Av. That's your director for Shabbos. It's a very quick one. Everybody will be happy. You'll be like, I got a good one. Shame, Aver, Av. And everything's all done. Say he left there and they were all together in the same place. It's all good. And then you can add on the Merle Diskin. Esau never left. They never went to the base Medrash. Everybody's like, oh, that Esau. And then you're all done. Then you get to eat challenge. And then everything's all good. That's the easy board for Shabbos. Where's the Aleph part? I'm sorry? Where's the Aleph part? The Aleph part? The Aleph part. Aleph part. Me be air sheba. Again, aver shame av. That's seven letters. Me be air sheba is seven letters. You just switch around the letters a little bit. You'll come out with all, all of them work out. It does work out. So why does this have to happen? Why did Hashem have to make a Lefi's run after Yaakov, you know, and take away his money? It really have to happen? Did he, could Yaakov not go into loving with money? What would have happened if you would add money? What would have happened if you would have had 20 bucks on him? Levin would have taken it. Is that what we're afraid of? That Levin was going to take away the money from Yaakov, you know? I mean, in the end, okay, there was, there was money gotten, there was something that happened, but is that what we were really afraid of? He then asked, I mean, he didn't get forced, he asked to work for seven years for Ruckel. He asked to. He said, can I work for you for seven years for Ruckel, you Who would do that? Who would suggest seven years? Start off low. Start off with like, can I work for you for seven days? And he says, no. How about a year? No. Two years. Okay, two years is good. But seven years to start off with that number? There's an unbelievable amount of time. It's not... Well, you could say, well, maybe he was 12 years old at the time and he had to wait until he was 19 and he'd be of marital age. He was 77 years old when he came to Chorus. She was five. Yeah, that's a big question also. So it could be she was five according to the Medrash. The Ruch was five. Rabina Bahaya does say that. And the Rabbinah Bakai does say it as well. But yes, 100%. And they say it's for seven years. But then for Leah, he worked for another seven years. So there's something about the seven years that's different. He's 77 years old. He didn't get married until he was 84. There's clearly something going on here that he wanted specifically to work for seven years. So I got a Rabshore. Rabshore says the following. He says, there's Be'er Sheva. Be'er is a well. The well stands for Shabbos. How does a well stand for Shabbos? He has a whole vort. And he goes through how the well, which is full of water, is Shabbos, which is full of Kedusha. And he goes into an entire board, drawing the cocos out of the well, drawing the water out of the well for you to be able to quench your thirst, is like drawing the cocos out of Shabbos to be able to survive the upcoming week. That every Shabbos, you sit there on Shabbos and you say to yourself, I can survive this upcoming week in the Shuk, because I've got Shabbos on my side. Ritka told Yaakov, Ritka went up to Yaakov, and told him, you have to be by Lavan for Yamim Achadim. This is at the end of last week's Parsha. For Yamim Achadim. And Yaakov, you don't have to translate that. What does that mean for a few days? What does that mean they have to be by him for a few days? We know that Yamim can be days, it could be years. Achadim is a very, very weird word. Very, very strange word. What are we referring to when he says he has to be there for Yamim Achadim? Here's Yaakov's shot. Yaakov understood it as the following. There, there are 354 days in a year, in a Hebrew year. I'm not going to include over yours. In a regular, it's 354 days. In one full sh- year, how many Shabbosos are there? 354. How many? In a 365-day year. But 354 divided by 7 is 50 Shabbosos and 4 extra days. Okay? Times 50 Shabbosos by 7 years. So 50 times 7. 
350. Now, how many days do you have? Four days times seven is how many days? 28 days. 28 days is how many Shabbosos? Four Shabbosos. So you have 350 Shabbosos in seven years, plus another four Shabbosos, which means what? How many Shabbosos do you have? 354. Now, granted, I understand that there aren't really 354 days in every year. I'm skipping out on the over years every year. Rav Shore is really coming up with this commentary, but he says the following. He says, Yaakov needed a year of Shabbos. 354 Shabbosos. 354 Shabbosos. In order to gain the Kedusha that he needed to work and be able to be married and become the son-in-law for Loma. He needed all of that in order to improve himself, to bring himself up in a certain way. A full year of Shabbos to have the Koach to withstand all the powers of Lavan when Lavan was going to give him a daughter to be able to get married. That was the idea of what he wanted to do. And he understood that from the wording of Rivka Yimenu. How exactly? I don't know. Yamim could be a year. Achodim could be for the one day of Echod. Of the one day that's out there. And that refers to Shabbos. And it could very well be though. I have absolutely no idea where he got that, where the final thing came. But, but the point is, is that Yaakov said, Maisa Avosimim That whatever the Avos do goes down to the children afterward. And he gave that koach to us in all of our goals. The only way for us to survive is because we have Shabbos. Because we have Shabbos. You have Shabbos, you can survive anything. The Medrash Rabbah says in Parakate, well, I guess you could say Halakha Yudches, it says the only way that B'nai Yisrael survived Mitzrayim is because every Shabbos they came out, they, got, they brought out their Torahs, and they leaned from them and told over stories of the Avos. That's what they did all the time on Shabbos. And because of that Shabbos that Moshe Rabbeinu gave them, he asked Carl for it or whatever it was, it's the only way to survive the rest of the year. The rest of the week, I should say. They were able to work all day long because they had a day off. My self was similar about him. What Yaakovinu did was he said, you know you're going to be able to get to, you're going to be able to go into the shuk and do all the things you need to do. You know you're going to survive Thanksgiving. Being together with all the people you really don't want to be with. You have Shabbos. You got Shabbos. If you have a Shabbos, you'll be okay. You're going to be fine. But it took a heck of a lot. That's why there were two sets of seven in the amount of years that he went to Yeshiva Shem Be'ever for. It's not just Stam. There was 14 years that he went to Yeshiva Shem Be'ever. It's two sets of seven to give him Shabbos two times over. Because he knew he was going to marry two wives from Lavan. He thought it was going to be Rachel first and then Leah. But he knew he was going to marry Rachel. He knew he was Esau. He knew what his job was going to be. Just Leah did it first. Leah became the first wife and Rachel became the second wife for her own reasons. But there was, he knew it was going to be Rachel and Leah and he needed those 14 years and he needed to repeat it again. Seven years and seven years in front of Lavan to show him the power that Shabbos has. To show B'nai Saul 28 years. 28 years Yaakov Avinu spent just concentrating on Shabbos. Concentrating on everything that he had to do regarding Shabbos. That's why at the end when he was no longer doing it he was going to go back there to Saul. How many years did he work for? Six in the seventh year, he wanted to rest, and he went back to Yitzchak Avinu. That was the point of what he was trying to do. To show you that in order to gain the strength to be able to do things that you need to do for the rest of the week, you need Shabbos. And that's the Er Sheva. That's the entire idea of the Yitzhak Yaakov Mi Be'er Sheva. What he wanted to do was show you he left the Koach of Shabbos. He left from the Koach of Shabbos, from Yeshiva Shem Be'er, and he went over. Now, that means he had to be poor. If you would have gone in rich... He wouldn't have proved anything to Claudius Yisrael. It would have been like a guy, a guy who, at the Corbin Bias, he took all his money with him, and he went to Gullahs with all his money. That guy can easily survive Gullahs. That guy can survive Gullahs. He'll build up his own house. 
He'll start his own business. He'll do everything he needs to do. But Jews are not like that. Jews run away from their homes. They're thrown out of their homes. So what are they going to do when they don't have any money? They've got nothing left. Everything was stolen from them. On their way out, somebody took away all their money. How are they going to build themselves up in Gullus? How are they going to build themselves up wherever they go? What are they going to do? So that's what do you have? Make sure not to work on Shabbos. You have the clock of Shabbos and that's it. That's the only thing that helps us in Gullus. And the only thing that really works for us. That's why working on Shabbos when you absolutely have to, it's a problem. That's a problem. Chavetz Chaim had a whole thing about what happened with the Jews when they came to America and they were dying and nobody could find work so they had to work on Shabbos. He said, I don't know what I would have done for them. I can't matter Shabbos, but I don't know what I would have done. It was for all these people. What he would have done. But you see the fruits of their labor. What happened? All the people started going off. Haskalah got a hold. There was conservative Judaism that never existed before. All because people stopped with Shabbos. You ever seen a cleat Something like chalent, whatever they leave it outside, leave it outside with all the chalent left inside it, or like a bottle of honey when the honey is emptied out and there's just like the remnants on the side. What happens to that clay? It turns disgusting. I mean, not only is there flies and bugs and all the other things that comes around, but there's also there's mold that starts growing on it, right? What happens when Shabbos leaves and the new week starts? What happens when most of the Shabbos comes along? So immediately, what happens to you? Kokosatuma rule. They come over and they just destroy you. Yoshib B'Seserelion, if you had any idea what you were saying, when you were saying Yoshib B'Seserelion, the whole thing is all about the demons. The whole thing is all about the Shadim and all those things out there, all the strangest things. I remember telling a guy this, and he, he said, I didn't see a single name of a demon when I looked at the article translation. You're not going to see it if you look in the article translation. Look through Yoshib B'Seserelion, you'll see unbelievable psukim. The psukim about 10,000 on your right and 1,000 on your left. This is straight out Kamala and Brachos. You'll see all these different Ketiv Mariri inside there all these different demons and the, forget about Yosheb Elion, which is the Rashi tables of Yaakov missing the iron for a reason that's Nacho Yabok which maybe we'll talk to him when we get to Nacho Yabok when he has to cross in next week's parsha. oh I'm not going to be here next week sorry guys but Nacho Yabok in next week's parsha. but the idea behind ya- ya- it's just the, the, the whole idea behind Yosheb Elion and what he's trying to do what he's trying to what he's trying to get at it's an unbelievable world that is Vayelech where did Yaakov you know, go? Charano he went to the anger of the world. The Charon Af in the Olam. Vayetze Yaakov mi Shava. He left Shava. He left Shabbos. And what happens? Vayel Charonah. The Charon Af of the world comes into the world. It's the worst thing that you can possibly imagine. All the powers of Tuma comes in and it just destroys. It takes all the good stuff that was there and just destroys. Amot Shabbos, your Neshama Yisera leaves you. Charon Af is here and it won't leave. So what do you have to do? So what do you do when that happens? So Yaakov will give a suggestion. You ready? the very next line he davened in that place have you ever noticed the worst davening that you have all week long is Mariv Motzei Shabbos I guarantee you the short you could time yourself shortest Shmona Esrei that you have if you go to davening for every, every day during the week I'm sorry every day during the week the shortest Shmona Esrei that you have is guaranteed Mariv Motzei Shabbos guarantee you there's no question about it everybody's sitting there and they just want to get home already they just want Shabbos to end they just want it all out shaking your head Ari which do you think is the worst? well I'm going to make something Monday morning Monday morning Monday morning and you guys it's long time oh I hear that <laughs> uh, but that's because it's a long time I need someone to ask right 
You don't realize that in the middle of someone asks you. Once you hear the Vahurachum, maybe that's when it says, Oh, my gosh, I was already on Ashray. I don't know what I was thinking. I already had my head down. Well, I'm not getting up now. <laughs> I hear you. That's for sure. But on Friday, maybe Friday in Mincha. Maybe Friday in Mincha is a different story because everybody's late and you're like running in and like they're already on Kedusha and you're just like, forget it. Forget it. I'm just out with the Kabbalah Shabbos. Maybe. But Moti Shabbos Mari. You just run. You run. And for some reason, you're looking at the rabbi and the, ra- the rabbi's taking like six minutes to dive in Mari. And just like, what's wrong with him? Does he realize he's so much to do tonight? What's going on? It's Motei Shabbos becomes a different world. It's a totally, totally different world. So what did he do? Like Yifkat Bamakum. The first thing Yachvina did was he made Mariv. He made Mariv. He made the first deal of Mariv. Ki Hashemesh. The sun set so early. The sun set a little bit early for him to be able to tell people. This is the power that you can do. This is what can last your entire week. Sit there and daven a Mariv of Motei Shabbos and you can have the greatest view of all time. The absolute greatest view of all time. If you daven Mariv, Hara Maria can come to you. You don't even have to go to it. Hara Maria will come to you and your Mariv will be accepted by a Kaddish Baruch that's an unbelievable amount of Kedusha that Yaakovino was able to do that can help you for a very, very long time. Revolson says Yaakovino had a plan here. We're going into another, another idea behind Karana. He says Karana does refer to the Karana Shomakom. Who were the most angry people? The people, I guess, that angered God the most in the world? Dora Mabel. Dora is a very good call. Not only them, who else? Dora Sidon and one other generation. Not Dora Midbor. Dora Flaga. Dora Midbor, I'm sorry, Dora Mabel, Dora Flaga, and Dora Sidon. Those two generations were angered at Kaddish Baruch to the point where he had to destroy them. Now, Dora Flaga, he dispersed them. But he had to destroy them. He couldn't allow them to save Lashon HaKodesh anymore. Dora Mabel we know about. Dora Sidon we know about. We know about those people. You want to hear something crazy? So, whatever, Gilgulam. We all know that I'm going to go into Gilgulam at some point during this year. Dora Mabel was Dora Flaga. Dora Flaga was Dor Sidon. That was a generation of Sidon. Dor Sidon, you know where they became? They became the sheep of Lavan. The sheep of Lavan. The sheep of Lavan eventually became Klai Yisrael. Those who had angered at Kaddish Baruch to the point where they were no longer human beings. They were no longer human beings. The Kaddish Baruch said, I can't let you be human anymore. You guys are such, 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 such tumah. Such unbelievable amounts of tumah. I can't allow you to be in this world anymore, says the Kaddish Baruch I can't allow you to be anything that resembles a human being. He made them into sheep. He made them into sheep and said, you have to be sheep. The only way for them to improve. And Yaakov knew that. Yaakov knew that if Lavan kept these sheep, if these sheep would grow up in Lavan's house, they'd never get a tikkun. They'd just go worse and worse and worse and they would never get this tikkun. Rokhli Menu was with them. Rokhli Menu, can you imagine this? Rokhli Menu was the shepherd for the sheep. Because Lavan knew there was something behind these sheep. He knew there was something special. He didn't want to trust it just to any roe, just to any shepherd. He knew there was something special. You know how many sheep there were when Rachel was taking care of them? How many? Sixty. Sixty? Close. No, 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 no. No, no, because he was poor at the time. Seventy. Specifically for the amounts. Rachel was there, taking care of the sheep. Lavan knew something was up with this. For the seventy umos aulam, he thought. And it made sense for the 70 nations of the world. But then later on, when Yaakovinu left, you know how many there were? 600,000 sheep left Lavan. But, uh, not only that, 600,000 plus the others that he had to give to Asa. Those are other ideas that get brought down. The people in Klal Yisrael that ended up converting to Christianity are those that he gave over to Asa. 
those are the sheep that he gave away, so those are the neshamas, so those are the 1775 of the Vodim which we'll get to maybe in Parshat Tzadah. But there are other people that were sent around that were completely on the other side, so to speak. There's 603,550 people in Kalei so. The 3550 divided by 2 is 1775. Those are the 1775 Bavim that Moshe Rabbeinu could not remember what he did the silver for. If anybody remembers, that was the Ketheth that he couldn't remember what in the world was all this Ketheth for. He couldn't figure it out. That was them. Yes? No! It's not just a joke. But I am. No, it's, it's <laughs> not just a joke because you can look at it seriously because maybe that's what was so great about Moshe Rabbeinu and Davidama. Oh, without a question. People. Shepherds of sheep. sheep. Remember, those sheep are not the same not the same as the others. Yes, there is something as to why all the Gidolom and Kali saw rowim of sheep. Yeah, there's no question about Roy's zone. Roy's zone. There's no question about that. Whether this is it, I don't know if that's the actual way. It says Rev. Wilson, what Yaakov wanted to do is to bring them back to a level of an Adam. You know what he did? He gave them Shabbos. He brought them back to a level of Shabbos. He took care of them for seven years and gave them a year's worth of Shabbos, 354 Shabbosos. Gave them Shabbos and thus gave them an Ishama so that they could come back and become Klal Yisrael. They would come back and do Klal Yisrael. But to do that, meant that Yaakov had to lower himself. By Yetze Yaakov. Yaakov had to leave his neshama, his high up neshama, so to speak. 84, 77 years of learning straight. He had to leave all that and become down, go down to a level that was completely different. Completely different. People lived. You know, so where did he go? In order to prepare himself for it? Shame to Aver. Shame and Aver lived through Dora Mabel, Dora Flaga, and Dora Sidon. They saw all three generations, especially Shame. Yaakov, you know, I have to learn by them. What do these people do? How can I improve them? How can I be metakin them? So he specifically went over to him, and that's why he Yaakov. Thus Hashem appeared to him when he's down by Yishkav. When he lied down, when he is down in the Makkum, to trying to, trying to bring out the Tumah from, from the depths and bring it into Kedusha, that's when a Kaddish Baruch will appear to him. That's why the oil that he used to put on top of the Evan, he put oil on top. There's a whole question of the Lephaz took all his money. Well, how do you have oil? Three different answers to that kasha. That oil was the same pach of shemen that was found by the Hashmonayim years later and was used for the menorah. That's the exact same pach shemen. That was brought down from Yaakov. Even. That was the idea of everything that was going on. He davened Mariv in order to improve and to bring it up and to do everything that's there. Oh, we're talking about something that's just absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Even when you're down and out, says Yaakov, you know, even when you're sheep, even when you're just a bunch of sheep, even when you're just there, Yaakov helped you. Yaakov, you know, brought you back up. He was able to make you Davin Marv. He was able to, even when the sun set too early, he was still able to bring you back up. He was still able to do anything. And that's by Yikach Esa Evan. You know what Evan stands for? Evan is Nase Adam Bethalmenu. We have made man in our image. To give them back the Tzalem Elohim that they lost when they became sheep. To give them back the Nasa Adam Bethalmenu. That's the Evan that he was giving over to them. And that's why he took Shemin. The idea of having Hanukkah, of pulling people out of the depths, out of the, 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 the darkness, out of absolute garbage, to bring them up to a level where they're an unbelievable on to Kedusha. That's what Yaakovina wanted to do. Ravionis and I just point out, does anybody know what night this was? The Yaakovina was there? What night was this? What night was it? What was the day? So, Pesach is a great call. I'd like to see... A, I, I want to actually see a riot of that. If there was a way... Everybody says Pesach because it was there. Hanukkah is also because we just said it. It wasn't Hanukkah. But Pesach is what people say. I'd like to find a riot for that. If anybody could find one, if there's a Medrash on it. There's another one. And the remez is... 
he took a stone and he slept on it. Who sleeps on a stone? Who in the, when was the last time you took a stone and you put it underneath your head? You can't sleep on a stone. I, I don't care if there was no pillows. Why did he bring the carpet? Take grass. Why did he bring his son to the food? That was on Pesach. That was on Pesach. And he left the next day. No, he didn't leave the next day. He definitely stayed a year. The question is how long of a year if he was there for a full year. If he wasn't there for a full year. If he was there for a full year, then he goes 14 years. If he was there for a full year, etc., etc. 15 years later. But then you have to worry because you'd have to worry about something like this. This is not something that we can say on our own. You'd have to find a measure that says it. But I will tell you, Rabionis and Aisha says, Tisha above night. That's why we take away our pillows and we sleep on the ground or we sleep on stones. There's a minute to sleep on stones and fish about night. Having else to sleep on. You don't take a rock. Well, I'd rather sleep on the ground than sleep on a rock. So hey, I don't understand. I, I, I'm sleeping on the ground, right? So you put your arm under you. You, know, you take, like, you take no something, you put something underneath you. Nobody oh, takes a rock. Oh, here's a good call. Nobody said it was a jagged. Yeah, yeah good call about it. It doesn't have to be a jagged rock. Here's shot. Shot is... It was a zecher lechorban. It's a zecher lechorban. It's a zecher for the korban that is going to happen. Yaakov Yinu knew the charon af shomakom, the anger of a kaddish baruch What was going to happen? He saw kivah hashemesh. He saw that on this day the sun will set, that the base of mikdash will be destroyed not once but twice. He saw that this was going to happen. By Yosem Rashi, he put in his head, "What can I do for Klal Yisrael?" By Yachalom, and he had a dream. He had a dream. Other people had dreams, but this was a real, I had a dream. He studied with the rock to, say, to protect some animals. That's without a question, but it says he put it on the back of his head. He put it on the back of his head, that's without a question that he used to protect, but still it's something there. But what was it? He came out with the following, he came out with the following idea, this is the idea of what he wanted to do. Sulam Musa Mutsav Artsa. A ladder that's down in the bottom. Rosho Magia Shemaimah's head hits up on top. Sometimes you have to hit rock bottom. And when you hit rock bottom, and I didn't mean to make it into a pun, by the way, I just thought of that right now, and I like that you guys figured that out. Sometimes you hit, I'm not going to say the rock bottom, sometimes you hit the bottom, but you can still climb up to the top. Even when you're so far down low, you can still be Rosh Hashanah. who saw that even at that time, you can still reach up to the sky. No matter how low you are, HaKadosh is still going to be with you. Chazal tell us, who's born on Tisha B'Av? Mashiach is born on Tisha B'Av. Yeah, Mashiach born in Tishvah. Mashiach is born in, some say that he is born on the day of the Chorban. And who got fooled about the person that was born on the day of the Chorban? Rabbi Akiva thought Bar Kokhva, who was born on the day of the Chorban, was Mashiach. Rabbi Akiva is the same letters as Yaakov, you know, with the Aleph. The same letters as Yaakov Avinu. It's not just Stam. Some say that he's a Gilgal of Yaakov Avinu. That Bar Kokhba was Mashiach. He saw the signs. Yaakov Avinu saw Bar Kokhba coming. He saw that there was going to be a Korban. He saw Rosh Hashanah and Bar Kokhba had a chance to be that Mashiach. There was a possibility for him to become the Mashiach. He saw it go from the very bottom to the very top of the ladder. Now here, up until we've been going into Haron Shalmakam. There's one other time where the word Haron appears in the Parsha within a conversation. And it's one of the strangest parts of the Parsha. A conversation that Yaakovinu has with the Rowan, with the shepherds. Listen to his psukim. He went out to B'nai He went to the east. By Yar and he saw there, there was a, a well in the field. There were three flocks of sheep. Ropes and Malad that were grazing near that well. 
That's where all the flocks used to drink from. But there was a huge stone on top of the well. It says, And then the Pesach goes into this unbelievable thing. What do we have to know this for? All the flocks used to gather there. The Golu was at the male Piyabera, and they would all roll off the stone from on top of the well. The Yishku was at stone. They would give the sheep something to drink. The Yishivu was at the Piyabera, and then they would return the stone that was on top of the well, they would return it back to its place. But I went on Yaakov, and Yaakov had a conversation with them. Achai, may I and my brothers, from whence do you come? From whence do you come? Where do you come from? We come from Choron. And they went Yaakov. Yaakov said to them, I'm sorry, Yom Elohim, and he said to them, Ayadatim as Lovam ben Achor. Do you know Lovam ben Achor? Vayomru Yodanu. We do know him. Vayom Elohim ha-shalom, though. Is there peace with him? Vayomru shalom. They say peace. Vinei Rachel bito ba'i matzon. Look, Rachel, his daughter, is coming with its own. And then look what he does. He ignores Rachel. And he says, Vayomru, hein oda yom gadol. Wait, the day is still young. Lo yisya sefa mikna. It's not time for the sheep to stop grazing. Hishko atzon, look uru. Give your sheep something to drink and then go graze. We can't until everybody gathers here together. The Golos Evan, we all roll the stone now. Pia Be'er that everybody gets to drink. I don't get it. What in the world is going on here? Why was this important? Last to come, first to leave. Yeah, it always works out well. <laughs> I don't get it. What in the world is this conver- What in the world is this conversation doing here? What do we want with this conversation? What, what's going on here? What are we gaining? From having this whole conversation here. What, what are we doing? Well, what's going on? Here's, here's Rabino Ephraim. Rabino Ephraim is a Rishon from the times of the Balayatosos. He's mentioned by the Shulchan Aruch. He gives an unbelievable remez over here. I couldn't believe it when I first read it. He says the following. He says, V'nei Shum, V'nei Shum. When it says over here that Bayar V'nei Be'er Basada, V'nei Shum, V'nei Shum is the word, the letters of Veha Mishnah. Veha Mishnah. Damishnah, Shlosha Edre, Shlosha Edre is the gematria of 919. Same gematria as Shisha Siddharm. Damishnah is six Siddharm. There's six Siddharm of Mishnais. Now what happens with the six Siddharm Mishnais? What we're saying is Torah Shaval Not just anyone can learn Torah Shaval There are people who are not allowed to learn Torah Shaval Non-Jews, for example. We don't even allow women to learn some parts of Torah Shabbat Peh. There's something special about Torah Shabbat Peh that is reserved for only certain people and other people don't get it. Only certain people get it and other people don't. So what is that specialty? What is so special about it? It's Meshulish. It's Shlosha Edrei Tzon. It's Meshulish with Tanakh. Torah, Nevim, and Ksuvim is all over the place. For the Tzon, for Bnei Yisrael. Specifically for Bnei Yisrael. So what's going on here? Robes of Aled, they were sitting there, these Rowan, they were sitting and they were learning towards a remez to Klal Yisrael, learning Shisha Sidri Mishnayis. Learning towards about that Robes of Aled, they were sitting upon it, hovering over it. They were trying to sit there and try to understand what in the world is going on with these Mishnayis. How in the world does this Gemara mean this? What's Pshat in this Gemara? How do we understand this? But, there's a huge stone on top of the well. They couldn't figure it out. They couldn't get shots. There was a huge stone on top of there, and they just couldn't get it. What's going on here? There's something wrong. A tzur is tzadik baralo. There are bad things that happen to good people, and they just didn't get it. They don't understand. How in the world could there be bad things that happen to good people and good things that happen to bad people? How in the world does this Torah about that go? I, I just don't understand. There's things that we're missing. There's something that we don't have. So what would they do? They waited for all the flocks to gather together. They waited for the Tanoim and the Amorayim and the Geonim 
and the Savorayim, and the Rishonim, and the Achronim. And little by little, they were able to uncover a little bit of the Torah. They were able to uncover more and more and more and more as time went down. They were able to uncover a little bit more. Vanessa Shomakola on all the flocks, all the different Rishonim and the Svarim and everything that they came out with, they were able to put together. They were able to make Mishnayis and be Masada the Mishnayis. They were able to be Masada the Gemara. Then they were able to be Masada the Gonim were able to make Halachas Farm, Mashal's Vichuvas Farm. Then the Rishonim were able to make Perushim in the Gemara. Then that one were able to explain what the Rishonim meant. There are all these things that came from one after the other. The Gullah Lewis Evan. And they rolled off the stone. And little by little, they were able to drink from the well. They were able to drink, they were able to give it over to Claudius, or not just Stam people. Everybody was able to understand it. Even Stam, Ami Aratsum, were able to understand it because it was translated into English and put in a way that they could understand. And it was given over to something else. Very good! That was pretty, yeah, that, that was like uh, logical yeah, attachment. Uh, yeah. yeah, there you go. That's the idea of the Golos Evan, the idea behind it. But eventually, with our many sins, they put the stone back. Because people said, oh, it's so easy now. Now we have the Gemara. We have the Gemara that's sitting there with English right there in front of us, so we don't really need to work hard. So they stopped understanding it themselves and just relied on the English to tell them everything they needed to know. They didn't work on getting shot. They just looked at it and they automatically got shot. Dafyomi is the easiest thing in the world. You just look through it, you get it, okay, you're done. So it's done, I'm not learning it up on my own, I'm just getting it. I'm just pulling it all in, and everything's just going into my head, and that's it. So immediately, the Evans started going back on. They started misunderstanding, they didn't understand what's going on. That became our generation. The generation where Mashiach is supposed to come. The generation that's going to be at the very, very end. So what happens? At the very, very end, Eliyahu Navi is going to come. At the end, right before Mashiach comes, and he's going to answer all the questions. All the Shilas. All the different problems that we have. The Teku, Tishbi, Ataris, Kushis, Vibayas. He's going to go ahead and he's going to answer all those problems. Loss of Lavo. There's a connection between Eliyahu and Navi and Yaakov Avinu. Eliyahu and Navi gave his Vav over to Yaakov Avinu. The Yaakov is written with a Vav six times or five times. Eliyahu and Navi is written without a Vav five or six times. And they're supposed to equal each other. That the amount of times that Elio and Avi is supposed to, it's supposed to be a connection with one another. The Elio and Avi and Yaakov are going to come back and they're going to answer. So he goes up to Klaus and he says to them, what's the problem? He says, me anachnu, they say. We're from the Haron Af of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. God is angry at us. God won't let us have the pshat. He won't let us understand it. So I think God is doing something to us. That made us have shikha. We forgot all our learning. We don't have anything whatsoever. God is not helping us, said Klaus He's not helping us. There's nothing we can do. Says, Hayadatim is Lavan. Do you realize that there's a Mashiach? Ben Nahor. He comes from Nahor. Nahor means a groan. Nahor means something that bad that happens. Lavan, Mashiach, can come from only the worst of the worst when you fall down to the bottom. When you fall down to the very, very bottom. That's where Mashiach comes up. It's possible for Mashiach to come when we're all the way up on top and we have unbelievable things happening. But we haven't been Zohar to that yet. So it looks like a Baruch Hu is only going to bring Mashiach not from our tshuva, not from the fact that we all keep Shabbos, but rather because of the Harona Af of Hashem. That Baruch Hu wants to destroy the world and he knows he can't because he promised that he would bring the Mashiach so we end up needing it Ben Nahor. Mashiach will come at that time the Yomru Yadana we know that but it's one thing between knowing it and there's another thing between believing it really really believing it so what do you say Yom Lahem HaShalom though don't you want it to be peaceful for him Yom Shalom Vinei Rachel Bito Boim and I said oh they said wait a second I think we're starting to get it 
they looked at Rachel and they said, if Rachel's coming with the tzom, if there's somebody who's willing to lead Kalal Yisrael in a way that gives them Rachamim, the way that Rachel Imenu could, if there's someone that's willing to bring in Kalal Yisrael in that way, and somebody can pull them together, a Mashiach ben Yosef, so to speak, who comes before Mashiach ben David, then we can understand the idea behind it, and that's Mashiach ben Yosef. If you can definitely have that, if we can see if Rachel's going to come with its own, then we understand, oh, there's something that we can possibly do. Something we can possibly do. Said Yaakov, and he looked at them and says, I don't understand. Oda Yom Gadol. You don't need Rachel to come here. You don't need Rachel and Meshach and Yosef to do it on your own. You can do it by yourselves. Work hard. Oda Yom Gadol, he said. The day is still strong. It's not time to just give up and let a Kaddish Baruch have it. You can still do it. You can still go at Hishkwat's own Lechurahu. Give yourselves a drink. Roll it off again. Do everything you can and go and graze. Do everything you need. Work on it yourself. You don't have to be given it to as a gift. Work as hard as you possibly can. And what do the people say? They said, Lo Nilchal. We can't do it. I show you, Asfukol, Adar and the Gullus, Evanol, Fiyabair. We can't do it. There's too much sorrows. We've got to wait until somebody comes and gathers us together. This is an evua for what's going to happen in the future of Kali Yisrael. This is an evua what's going to happen to us at the end of days. That we're just going to give up. We're going to say, we don't need to work hard. Kodesh Baruch is going to give us Mashiach anyway. When year 5,999 comes by, and it's 364 days into it, you're like, well, it's got to come tomorrow anyway. So what's the difference? What's the difference? That's why Yaakovina would never tell the kids to the Shvatan. Because he knew if they heard when the kids would be, it was going to be in the year 5770, the Shvatan would sit there and they would say, no, forget it, we're not going to try until then. It's going to come in 5770, what's the point? They wouldn't try hard. Because you'd think, oh, that's, this is exactly who we are. What do we need to try hard for? What do I need to stay up late for? What do I have to do anything else for? This, I'm good enough as it is. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. Could it be better? Yeah, it could be better. I'm fine. I, I've done everything I could. I've done everything I could. Are you sure you could have done everything you could? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is good enough. What did you do today? You know, whole day off. What did you do? I'm fine. I, you know, the way I could. I sort of, you know, got an hour and went down at 12. You know, Dominant at the Kotel. That was a good part. The problem was it was my Kotel. Yeah, it's just a different type of a wall. I put a note in. <laughs> yeah, it's just a different world. It's just a different world. We were promised a different goals. Can you imagine this? There could have been a goals lover. It didn't have to be the goals that we got. It could have been goals lover. It didn't have to be a Mitzrayim. Had Yaakov you know, been Zoha, had the Shvatim been Zoha, had the Roim been Zoha, our 400-year goals could have been spent with Lava and not in Mitzrayim. But the Chafetz Chaim says, sometimes your relatives are worse. You ever try going at me? Who's, who's, who's more evil? A non-Jewish judge or a Jewish judge? When you're a firm Jew going inside, going up to the court. Without a question, the Jewish judge is impossible. Because like you can say, like, you go up to a dean in a regular college and you say to him, I'm sorry, I have, uh, I have a holiday, it's called Shavuos. If it's a non-Jewish Dean, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry for ever thinking anything wrong about you. Jewish judge, why well, don't hold the holiday? So you better be in school. Uh-huh. You know that happens. Jewish relatives are worse than the others. That's why Golos Edom is the worst. It's much, much worse than Yavan. Much, much worse than Pavo. Much, much worse than Madai. Paras and Madai. Much, much worse than Mitzrayim. The only one that compares to it is Golos Lavan. 
Vavin Bikesh Lakor as a Kol. Esav almost succeeded. Almost succeeded. We've got a million left. Maybe. A million people left that Esav hasn't destroyed. Esav is not destroyed. A million people that have not succumbed completely to Esav's grasps. And that's it. That's what we're down to. We're down in the dumps. We've got garbage. We've got garbage. That's what we have right now. And Rebel Yashin, obviously. And Rechaim Kanyaski. And we have certain Gidolim that are out there. Yes, David. And some others. I was just trying to point out. Right, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> there are others. But it's just a different world. That's the idea behind the Karun That's what we're referring to whenever it says the word Karun over here. And that's what it means by leaving Be'er Sheva. Sometimes we leave Yeshiva. Sometimes we leave that well of Shabbos. Sometimes we have to go out into the work world, the working world, and just deal with the problems that Thanksgiving gives us. And deal with the people that are there and the issues that come up when you're sitting around people that you just really don't want to be with. Ami, I know you're here, but I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to be there. You guys I'm okay with. Certain other people, it's just... I, I, it's there. You know what I'm saying? It's just there. Like, the, you have to deal with it. And it's okay, because they'll never listen to this tape. <laughs> That's the idea behind it. The idea behind it is that you can survive, but you need Shabbos. Don't waste your Shabbos, and don't waste your Marav Amotah Shabbos. All right, have a good Shabbos, everybody.